I've always had a lot of energy, extremely a lot of it. Even like when this video got released and people started seeing it everywhere, um, that's when people are, I went to high school with him. He's been like that for years. You guys don't even know. When people finally really see it, a lot of people ask, is he really like this? And I'm 10 times out of 10 every single day. I'm like this. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it helps me, you know, be the person I am and being okay with it. Yeah. You know? So that's how I really like the five, my authenticity when it comes to, when it comes to that performance side of it. Welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. I'm your host, Eric Wenzel, as always. Feeding Curiosity is a podcast that explores the precarity of human experience, and we challenge ourselves to think, question, and synthesize wherever our curiosity takes you. It is through these conversations we hope to provide blueprints for others to learn and lead a more fulfilling life. Our guest today is Travis Morris. Travis is a business marketing major and percussionist at Fresno State University. At a young age, Travis realized he wanted to be an entrepreneur in some form while still in high school. While viewing them as failures, he took valuable lessons from those experiences and continues to apply them to this day. The energy and passion he brings to what fuels him is unrivaled. Travis understands everything he's doing is part of the journey to learn and grow. The major through line for Travis is music. He started playing saxophone in sixth grade and would later switch to the cymbals. Travis aims to make a positive impact on others' lives like music has changed his. And this conversation is a true treat for me to have a conversation with someone like Travis and to just unpack what he's been through in his life. And it's not been a long one. He's only 20 years old and he's still in school, finishing up his degree, but he's really put in the work and in this conversation, we unpack a lot of what I just outlined here in this short little bio. And his family has has given him the tools and other things to, to help him succeed and thrive. And I'm really honored to be able to share with all of you the person that like Travis is. And so with that, everyone, please enjoy this conversation with Travis Morris. Welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. And today we're joined by Travis Morris. Hey, Travis. Hey, how's it going? Happy to be here. Yeah, man. It's been pretty cool. Yeah, this is this is awesome. So like I was just saying, we I found your video on Instagram. You were shared on Zildjian and you attend Friends of State University and you're like a hype man, I guess is probably the best way to describe it, at least in the video. And your energy is just so powerful. And I just, you know, I just was hyped about it. And I was like, cool, this guy has got fired up about something. And I wanted to just see what you were all about, basically. And so I shot you a message. And now we're here doing this conversation. So just take it away, man. Cool. Yeah. So like, I, like, you, had, um, like you had said, I attend Fresno State University. I'm a business marketing major. Um, I've been playing music for most pretty much a my whole life I've been playing since like sixth grade I didn't transition into percussive instruments until my junior year and then from there I've been playing in college so it really just took a took a part of my life and just really formed me into the person I am today so I'm still doing it I love music a lot and mm -hmm. honestly like what I want to do what I want to pursue especially with my brand and just my major itself Sweet. So, so what was your first like foray into music then? If you, you just got into percussion and is your junior year in uh, high school. So what, what was your original instrument? 
my original instrument. So I started off with saxophone. Okay. So I actually, that was like my go-to. I always wanted to learn how to play. So in sixth grade, I finally picked it up and I was just like extremely bad, like horrible. <laughs> so I would literally go home all the time and like practice as much as I could to really get really good. And, you know, I played all through high school still. That was always still my thing. I also, funny story, I actually marched tuba in high school as well. I had a really small frame then. Mm -hmm. And so I remember like my eighth grade year, uh, my director, he asked like people, hey, like who wants to march tuba? Because nobody wants to march. It's like heavy. It's all get out. (laughs) It's horrible. Yeah. And so me being dumb, I'm like, oh, I want to march it. I want to march just playing around. And, like, little did I know, he actually wrote my name down. I remember that next year, he was like, hey, like, you're marching tuba this year. And I was like, huh? Like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that I was one of the first ones to raise my hand. So I marched tuba in high school as well and played saxophone all four years in high school. And But I didn't really hit the percussive percussive pathway Mm -hmm. until my junior year when one of the uh, players – on the symbol line that he previously used to be on the symbol line dropped out. And so I knew from a fact, like if I wanted to become a percussionist and like March in general, mm-hmm. you have to audition. And so oh. I'm going against people that have been like playing like forever. Yeah. So I'm like, yo, like if I'm going to pick this up, I got to pick it up quick, but I knew I wasn't going to be able to pick it up as fast as others, especially if they've been playing for such a long time. So I was like, you know, I can pick up symbols. I can do that. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can, crash two pieces of metal together <laughs> so i was like you know let's roll with that and like yo like never would i have thought like that'll be something i'd be doing today in college like mm-hmm. it literally changed everything with me that's cool so do you, do you get any scholarships or anything for being in uh, percussion or at least music they there's here and there like zildjian offers some there's okay. like this other um another um brand called Seavine. Okay. They offer them well, but I currently don't have one now. Okay. Gotcha. I was just curious because it sounds like it, it just opened up doors for you. And then, you know, it's funny that you kind of transitioned from saxophone into percussion because that's not a normal pathway for most people because percussion is so like rudiment and like you have to know like numbers and rhythm schemes and stuff like that. It's the, it's the one drum, yeah. it's the one instrument that I actually know how to play myself, but I'm an engineer. So patterns and doing things like that kind of comes natural to me. So that was why I got, yeah. I, why I got into drum. But yeah, that's an interesting pathway. So for like the entry point for you, or at least how did it continue to keep like lighting that like inspiration for you? So for symbols, for some reason, I felt like it matched my personality in general. Like every, <laughs> I'm really like loud and vibrant. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to pick something that like matches me. So I feel like that's like the main reason why I picked symbols and like two like it's just like something nobody else wants to play. Mm-hmm. Usually when you're auditioning for like a snare drum, a bass drum, yep. or like a drum or a quad, like if you if you get cut, like the last resort is cymbals. Okay. And so when other people, like most of the people that I marched with, they either got cut from one of those drums. Mm-hmm. And so I'm one like the ones that actually like, oh, when people ask me, oh, what did you cut from? I'm like, oh, nothing. Like, I'm actually playing cymbals. <laughs> they're like, huh? And so I'm like, yeah, it's my first choice. Like, it's not yours. And so they're just like, they're like, oh. So like, I honestly like, that's what like really pushed me towards like percussion because I knew like from a fact, like, you know, like I like being loud. I like mm-hmm. playing loud. So I knew cymbals was the right, like right way to go. I even have like the largest cymbals in our group because they're louder. 
They're a little heavier, <laughs> yep. but I'm okay with that. I'm like, as long as I get to play a lot, I'm cool with that. <laughs> hey, that carrying that tuba in, in high school paid off. <laughs> oh, absolutely. My shoulders are yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. It's really cool that you've owned like this instrument that is most people's like last resort. And I think that's why one, you're able to excel in it, but you've also said, no, I'm going to, instead of making this like my like second option, you're like, no, this is my first option and I'm going to make it one. It's already a part of you because you have like you, you self-proclaimed to be the, the loud one, you know, the, the one that kind of comes in with the exclamation point, right? Like if you came run through the road, yeah. you're, you're kind of like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool so so as you kind of wrapped up high school where where, what happened then so like did you know what you want to do for major and things like that because i'm not sure how old are you just like kind of what are you what i guess what grade are you in are you a senior junior so i'm currently i'm 20 years old and i'm i'm a junior i'm a junior estate cool yeah so so like going into high school or college rather sorry what was it like did you have anything planned out for yourself like did like you said you're a a business uh, marketing major. Did you know what you wanted to do? So I knew from like, like growing up in high school, I just knew that I wanted to go and be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I knew I always wanted to do something for myself own my own business. So like, I actually like went through like two business through two businesses in high school that I tried to create myself and they both failed pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, but I feel like it taught me a lot. My first one was actually like a music production thing called Finesse Studios. So I was going to make like beats and stuff for like local artists mm-hmm. and like try to sell them or like they join under our studio to get like um, recording sessions and, and whatnot. So yep. that was my first one. That one flopped because I did it with like a few friends and like the issue was we couldn't separate friendship from business. Yeah. So that's what flopped that one. The second one was like, like a revised one with Kyo, Kyo Productions. And that one was just like all bad because we invested into it, but like we never really put the work in for it. So mm. I knew by like my senior year, like, all right, let's do something that like, that can honestly like sell for me. So I knew from like my senior year, I, I wanted to make a clothing brand, but I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, let's just like, you know, plan things out a year in advance, see what happens with it when I get a job, you know, graduate and see what I can do with this. So I didn't actually create my clothing brand called Boogie Mode until my freshman year of college. So that's what really transitioned me into into marketing, business marketing, all of the above, just really pushing my business. Cool. So... I guess the thing to unpack here then is what put the spark in you that you said I can start something on my own or at least with friends. I don't, I don't think many of us, especially even in high school can even say like, yeah, I'm going to do this. You know, we all see these stories nowadays with Steve jobs and things like that. But a lot of us in my, myself in particular, I feel like it feels more distant and more like unreachable to some degree. And you really just took your shot and have tried already multiple times. That's pretty good as a, only 20 years old, man. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly, like, I, I grew up being top of my family. Everyone just like taking the, the road less traveled. Like you don't have to be everything society wants you to be, be something you want to be. So that's always been like my main thing. And I tell myself 
this every single day. Like, take the road less traveled. Do something nobody else wants to do. Like, playing symbols. Like, that was, mm-hmm. like, my main thing. Like, nobody wants to play it. But you know what? I'm going to do something with it. And let's see what happens with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So just taking that road less traveled really pushed me a lot in high school. Just like, you know what? Like, I'm going to be different, and I'm okay with that, you know? So... <laughs> I was like, that was the cool thing with it. Like, you know, might as well. So that, that pushed me a lot. Yeah. That's really cool. So, so I guess that is, man, you, you got a lot of, a lot of experience already for someone so young. That's crazy to, to kind of unpack this even further is you already mentioned failure twice. And so how do you yeah. like internalize failure for yourself? Like make it okay. Cause you just, you just roll it right off. You're like, yeah, what failed hard, whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. like go ahead and unpack that. Like, how do you think about failure? I felt like, so with the two ones that I, two failures that I had, I felt like I found out two ways not to run a business. So I took those two ways and I'm like, all right, like if I'm going to do this, you know, I'm going to, if I'm going to do it with friends, it's going to be with the group of people that I know that I can separate friendship and business with. Mm -hmm. And then with the second one, time management, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to invest my time into it. So I take failure as, you know what, like, this is what we're going to, this is what I messed up on. What can I do to revise that and make it better for my next, my next venture. And so Mm -hmm. even with like my clothing brand now, I felt many times, many times like with money, you know, clothing, like getting things out. Oh, there have been multiple times where like I'm like, yo, like, do I even want to do this anymore? But I just really just write those things down. I'm like, all right, this is one way not to do it. This is another way not to do it. Mm-hmm. This is another way to do it. And that way it could just really just build my brand back up and help me as a person try to encourage others. Hey, don't do this. If you want to start something for yourself, don't do this, don't do that. And it really just pushes them. So honestly, like, that's the main thing. That's how I look at failure. <laughs> that's so cool. I couldn't yeah. agree more with that. Cause like for me, whenever I attempt something, especially on my own, like this podcast that we're doing right now, this is completely self-funded by me. And, and when I think of anything I'm going to try to do, I try to think about it. Okay. If this flops like financially or whatever reason, I, I try to think about it in a way that if you're going to attempt something, make sure it has other positive benefits that are in, like already embedded into it, like learning or connecting to people or whatever. So that you, even right. if it does fail, you take something away from it that you can then push into the next thing, whatever form that takes. Cause it sounds to me yeah. like you're completely okay with, even if this clothing brand decides to fail because you'll come up with something new, you know, down the road. Yeah. I'm always like, I've always like had like that open mind where like, you know what, like, I've always wanted to do multiple things, mm-hmm. but why not? Like, why <laughs> you should? Like, you're only you're you're only going to be twenty for so long. That's how I think of you're only going to be twenty for so long. Mm-hmm. So it's just like keep on pushing. Like, I still live with my family mm-hmm. going to school, so I'm I'm fortunate enough to. I grew up in Fresno, mm-hmm. and my father he graduated from Fresno State as well. So like, I'm lucky enough that if something does flop with money or anything, like I have a household where I'm like, okay, like. I still have my family support. Yeah. So like I'm not alone with anything that I do. So like when I see something that doesn't go right, I'm like, you know what? It's cool. Like, let's take the next step. Let's move on. Let's keep on moving. Let's keep moving. So like, like I see like with your podcast, like Mm -hmm. just like looking through it, like you can see like you invested a lot of time into that and like, I'm putting this together. So like, 
I appreciate that. That's real cool. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I spend a lot of time and I, I, my brother for like full disclosure is a graphic designer. So he helps get my graphic stuff up and online and I ask him for help and things like that. But I've also, I'm self-taught in just about everything like audio wise, recording wise, everything is done by me. Like whenever you look at anything on the website, it's like, it's, you know, <laughs> with love and care and maybe some blood, sweat and tears too on top of that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot of time. Yeah, I feel that. You know how it goes, right? <laughs> Yeah. Like, so I guess as a 20 year old, cause I remember when I was 20, so we, I have a really similar story to you. I, I went to community college for my first like two years. I, I took a year off of college myself. And I, when I came back into school, I went to community college and I stayed there for like three or four years to get as many transfer credits that I could. I went to the limit. And then I went to a local yep. state school, Northern Illinois university to finish my, my bachelor's degree after I'd already gotten my associates. And I'd worked full time the entire way. So, and I live at home too. So it was like, I, I resonate with this so hard. It's like, well, if I have all of this opportunity, then like I'm at home. So why don't I like push my own boundaries as much as I can right. outside of that? You know, like I, I really got into podcasts myself because I just love podcasts. Like I love the medium. It's not that this is like a popular thing to do and everyone's doing it. I love learning in long form, nuanced ways to be able to unpack someone and be like, Hey, what are you all about? And like, this is, this right here is like a perfect example of, of that because I would never have had this opportunity otherwise. <laughs> right. No, I feel that. That's awesome, yo. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I guess to get back on track, the, the idea of like, you, you've already mentioned the music part and you have this business with clothing. And it sounds like you're trying to marry these two things together that maybe most people wouldn't really try to, to think about, or at least you'd focus yeah. on one thing, right? <laughs> Is what people would right. tell you. So how are you trying to leverage both of these things in like your own unique way? Because you have your own unique spin. You've already been highlighting this a lot. So, so this actually goes to, towards the background of boogie mode. So cool. I grew up with the nickname T-Boogie, inherited it from my dad, and kind of like I decided, you know, why not like start something with music with just that name? Mm -hmm. So everybody calls me like football games, like, oh, it's T-Boogie, it's T-Boogie, or it's T-Boogie. So I was like, you know what, like, you know, when I'm at games, I'm like, I'm going to that, that mode. So why not like create something called Boogie Mode? So like wherever I like when I'm at work, when I'm like performing, anything I do, I'm in that mode, boogie mm -hmm. mode. So basically like, I just like, you know, since I'm in music and it's like a self-marketing tool for me, mm -hmm. honestly, I can honestly just use what I'm doing right now and promote the brand at the same time. So mm -hmm. boogie mode is actually a performing arts brand. It's similar to like brands. I'm really inspired by brands like Nike, Adidas, okay. Under Armour. I can see how like their gear is geared towards athletes yep. but anybody can wear it but my brand is geared towards performing arts but anybody can wear it so i figure you know i already have this musical audience all mm -hmm. the people that i march with all the people that i perform with or perform to i already have that audience you know you might as well just put them together and try to create something that way you know it can really grow so that's like how i put two and two together mm -hmm. and so i'm enjoying both of them doing it at the same time Wow. That's, that's unique. So, I mean, for me though, I, I don't get the sense, like you keep saying brand and stuff like that, but I don't, I don't get the sense that you're like perform, like it, it is a performance, but I don't think you're faking it. If that makes sense. 
Like, right. like it yeah. feels authentic to who you are. And I know authentic is like this word that gets thrown around like passion all the time. So I don't, I don't know if yeah. you want to unpack like authenticity to yourself. Like how do you, you know, do you have like some sort of philosophy for yourself or any way that you kind of contextualize like what it is to be authentically you? So honestly, you know, I've always like, especially at a young age, I've always had a lot of energy, mm-hmm. like extremely a lot of, even like when this video got released and people started seeing it everywhere. Um, that's when people are like, you know, like I went to high school with him. He's been like that for years. Like <laughs> you guys don't even know. <laughs> so It's just like, it's like when people finally like really see it, a lot of people ask like, is he really like this? And I'm like, 10 times out of 10, like every single day I'm like this. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it helps me, you know, be the person I am and being okay with it, yeah. you know? So like, that's how I really like to find like my authenticity when it comes to, when it comes to like that performance side of it. Cause yeah, like the Bulldog Marching Band, the band, the men, they were there to perform mm-hmm. obviously, but I'm having fun while doing it. So when people see it, they're like, whoa, like, okay, like, you can see that's real. Like, he's not putting on just a random show. Like, it's real. So I feel like that's where that energy really comes from. It just comes from, honestly, just, like, me just having a good time. And, like, that good time ends up being, like, crazy enough (laughs) to get somebody to get a video of it. So (laughs) anytime I watch it, I'm like, whoa, like, what the heck? Yeah, so I'm assuming yeah. you're like in the moment a lot of times, like present. You're like you don't even realize yeah. like how in it you are until like you see a video of it and you're like, wait, this blew up. What? <laughs> yeah, that's like for real. That's like really how it is. Like I just like I just remember when it leaked out and I'm like, whoa, like all right, like that's pretty cool. But when I saw get all these views and people mm-hmm. started reposting it and like. You know, when Good Morning America, when they aired it, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like, this is way bigger than I thought. Like, what the heck? (laughs) You're like, there's something happening now. Yeah, (laughs) I'm like, that's crazy. So that just, like, caught me off guard. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yo, like, like, I just do this all the time. It's just one time someone gets a video of it, and it's just like, boom. That's cool, man. Yeah. So for me, what you're saying, t- what you're basically you're saying, like for your authenticity, it's like this sense of confidence that you have in yourself where it's, you know, most people, they get anxiety or they kind of get like performance anxiety where they're like, I don't want to look stupid or like, you know, they, they stop themselves from expressing themselves authentically. How are yeah. how did, were you raised to be comfortable with like your own uniqueness, basically? Like, you know, we, we always talk about the special snowflake, at least in our generation, but it's not like that about you. Like there's something that you're able to be confident enough to just say, yeah, I'm just going to be me. And that's it. That's it. That's as far as it goes. (laughs) Like, I think it goes back to my family, especially my parents. Like Mm -hmm. they instilled that they grew up like being harnessed. They were just like, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. Like you can't pursue this and that because it's not going to work out. Like be a realist. You can't do this. You can't do that. So they really instilled in my brother and I's life that like, you can, like, you can be yourself. You can do something great with yourself just by being yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what really hit with me. And like, it goes back to like what I said before, just taking that path less traveled, Mm -hmm. like doing something that you want to do and being okay with it. Like, who cares? Like I've been judged so many times. (laughs) just like, Oh, why are you like this? Why are you like that? Why are you screaming? Like, 
Mm-hmm. Why are you doing what you're doing? And it's just because, and my answer to them is, it's just me. You know, mm-hmm. that's just how I am. And that's generally how I am. People are freaked out by it sometimes. They're <laughs> like, why are you like, you don't get tired? I'm like, absolutely. I'm tired. Absolutely. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, get, I sleep the way you sleep and everything. Like, it, it hits. But like, it's just fun to me. Yeah. And that's what really like makes me who I am and being okay with who I am. Mm-hmm. That's so cool, man. Like you've really, you've done some work here and like your parents have totally laid an awesome foundation for you and your brother. Are you older or younger? Just out of curiosity. I'm the oldest. You are yeah. the oldest. Okay. Yeah. It kind of makes sense a little bit with how char- hard charging you are. Like, do people ever like look at you and be like, how do you get all of this done? Like, did people like ever just like, aren't you, like you just said, you're tired, but like, Cause for you, it's probably just like, you just go, you just do it. Like it doesn't even register. <laughs> yeah. I think it goes back to my two failures, honestly. Yeah. Like, I just like figure it out. Okay. Like the first one group of people, second one time management. And mm-hmm. I took time management. Like, like that was the one that stuck with me the most. I'm like managing your time is huge because mm-hmm. I know like for a fact, like you practice, especially for bed, you're practicing three days out of the week. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like three to four hour practices and like you have a game day practice in the morning as well. So like you got to figure out, all right, all right, I work Monday through Friday. All right. How do I get my schedule around this mm-hmm. with my music schedule and my school schedule? Like, how do I get time to work on my brand? How do I get time to like, like for myself? Yep. And you just like, you kind of just like figure everything out with just that time management it's still hard. Like it really is. But like you, like you, like eventually like you start figuring out, all right, like how do I organize my life so it can benefit me and I still get the satisfaction of doing what I want to do. Absolutely. So one of the things I want, I want to like unpack here is like, how do you, like you said, make time for yourself because you do have a really busy schedule with like practice and school and friends and all the rest of that stuff. Right. But I think in this newer paradigm that's kind of coming up is, is being able to relax basically like being able to just unplug because that's just as important as grinding like legitimately. And I'm curious if you have any like ways that you use that to affect your time management or just performance in general, because like you're still doing something just as physical as just like an athlete in, in many ways. Yeah. I think personally, I think the main thing that drives me is knowing that, you know, tomorrow is never promised at all, especially like just like with people like family members, you know, you never know when like, you know, I've had multiple family members that have passed away the past two, three months and like you or and friends. And so you just realize like, you know, you want to make time for yourself because you never know when like you're going to get tomorrow or next week or anything. So you just want to live every single day as if like, you know, I hate to say it this way, but like your last day. Mm-hmm. So like you really want to manage all of that and just realize, you know, like nothing's ever promised and you just really want to push with that. That's like my main thing. I'm like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but how can I make today the best day I can for not just me, but my family. Amen to that one, man. That's, <laughs> that's really good Thank stuff. I, I, I couldn't resonate with that more. I, I came out with podcast and I've gone through some similar things myself this year alone where dealing with, you know, loss in family that, you know, you grow up with them. They're your uncles and stuff like that. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're not here anymore. And, you know, yeah. to, to some degree or another, even though, you know, like, like 
mentally that they will be not here one day. But when it happens, it like kind of slaps you across the face and you're like, oh, I wasn't ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and it puts right. a lot of stuff it, in perspective. You no, know? Yeah, that's real. Like you just really like look at that and you're like, you know, like, like you don't want to sit there and be like, I should have, I should have, I could have, I mm-hmm. should have. And that's like the worst thing that regret feeling is the worst thing you could ever feel, honestly. And, you know, you never want to live your life living one that's why i feel like you know loving one another and like and like talking to your family as much as you can expressing like how you feel like it means everything because Mm -hmm. you never know when you're going to be able to do that again so that's what really pushes me yeah i I like that man because it's like when you when you have the opportunity especially like there's like math it's like 80 percent of the time that you have with your family is or at least your parents 80 percent of the time they would spend with you is by the time you're 18. That's like statistically. Right. So the fact that you're still at home at 20, it's like you're getting gravy on the cake basically or gravy uh, yeah. <laughs> to spend more time with, you know, how like you're able to spend more quality time with your parents because we take it for granted. And as, as we get older, you know, we, we start to segregate from our parents and give significant others and all that kind of stuff. So the time with your parents becomes less and less. And I'm, I'm using parents, but it's also family. So it's like brothers, sisters, things like that as well. So it's like the, yeah. this valuing of relationships, it's really important to me. And like creating community, I think is also like super important because it's like one of these things I think we've kind of lost. Like, even though I don't know what your thoughts are on like, social media in general, but you know, we talk about it a lot as like a broad cultural base of like how much negativity there is about it. But I'm, I'm sure you've probably seen a lot more positives just from it because you're, you're kind of like this enthusiastic, you know, wave of, I don't know, just the energy. (laughs) And and so like, I've seen, I've seen both things, especially once the video got leaked, like Mm -hmm. when it first got on Bleacher Report, um, that's a sports page. And mm-hmm. so when pe- people were like, in the comments are like, you know, like I, last time I checked, this was a sports page. And so people were saying some Ooh. things and like, honestly, like you sit there and you're like, you know what? Like, you know, they're right. They, it is a sports page, but that's, that's what makes it even better. That's mm-hmm. how I take it as like, you know, they like posted something band related on a sports page. <laughs> That's that's crazy to me. So I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Thank you for bringing that up. That makes it that makes me even more excited to see that. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, you absolutely see like that negative side as well. Like people mm-hmm. just come out. There's a lot of people that have said like, you know, because I started like my little campaign on getting on the, the Ellen Show. Mm-hmm. I tried to get on, so people started like retweeting, and people were like, why would you want him on the show? Like with like the least like like one of the instruments that's not really like big, you mm-hmm. know? So like I take it as, you know what? Like let them talk, you know, like that's okay. If they want to take that time to say what they want to say, you know, they have a horrible time in time management. Then <laughs> that's how I think of it. I'm like, if you have time to say something negative. Yeah. 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 There's a really good quote that you probably resonate with. It's a Michelangelo quote and it's criticized by creating. You know, instead of wasting your time and, and, you know, kind of sitting on the sidelines, like anybody can do nowadays with Twitter and all those different things, you can sit on the sideline and, and say, and feel like you're being productive because that's what the emotional person in you is doing right now, because you're, you know, elevated in some way, or you can go out and kind of spend even a little bit more time and, and produce something higher quality. Because if, you know, if something really annoys you, like go actually out and make a difference, 
At least that's the way right. I look at it. Like, why, why don't, don't sit on your hands, you know, proverbially, <laughs> like if, if this really yeah. bothers you and it matters that much to you, then go, go, you know, do it, like fix it. <laughs> go do something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, totally agree with that. It, it's totally a, agree. It kind of drives me a little crazy sometimes when I see people like that. I'm like, if you spend as much time as you did, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, like pretending like, or like, I wish I could do that. I bet you see a lot of people that t say that to you as you get more popular, like it kind of gets a little popular, like come up to you and, and say, like, how do you do it? You know, are they're going to start, or they're going to start asking you like, how do you do it? You know, yeah. what, what would you say to them? What I would say is like, just what I kind of go back to being yourself. And I feel like that's one thing, like not everyone's going to be just like me, mm -hmm. you know, I feel that's what makes me like, unique but that's what makes everyone unique everybody has like a unique trait that they have that makes them themselves so i would just say you know being okay that people are not gonna agree with what you're doing mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day you're gonna you're gonna be the one living with this you're gonna be the one putting your head to to your pillow every single night mm -hmm. knowing that i'm doing this they're not the ones doing this and if there's something I'm going to roll with, I'm going to roll with it 100%, nothing less. And so I think that's what's something I would tell other people, just like forget about what everyone else says. Mm -hmm. Hear it? Yes, you're going to hear it. But don't let that inflict on what you want to do with your dreams. Yeah. Killer man. <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah. Like, I, like, we all pretend like this stuff, like, you know, people are going to see you, like, people are going to find your profile and things like that nowadays. And you're going to see you on all these shows and it's going to be like, why him? Right. Like you're saying. And they're going to pretend like, or it's going to feel like you got popular overnight, you know, snap of the fingers. In reality, like, you've already painted a lot of this picture. Like, you've been doing and surrounded by this mindset and this ability to just push and say no to the voices of others in many ways and, and just be like, I'm going to be me and no one's going to stop me. Right. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I think that's part of it. Like you just got to make the decision like, well, this is what the heck I want to do with myself. So I'm going to just do it no matter what anybody says. And then over the long term, you know, five, 10, whatever years it takes, then it's going to just manifest into something. Right. But to, exactly. to turn this back inward. So how do you stop the negative voice from yourself that, that tries to talk you out of doing this? Cause like you said, you know, you're going to put your head on the pillow every day and there's going to be a million and one reasons why not to do something. So how do you, you know, yeah. keep that under control? So usually what I usually do is I'll go back. And so I'll go back and watch like, like videos that were taken of me, mm. like throughout the seasons that I've been, pretty much been playing my whole life. So like, I'll just look back at those and be like, you know, like, this is why you do this. This is why you do this. Like, this is why you do this. Like there is a couple of times, I know like last month I had like a brief moment in my life where I just wanted to stop everything. I didn't want to play anymore. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to pursue the clothing brand anymore. I was just done. You know, like we were at a football game, you know, and I kept on doing, I kept my composure, kept on doing what I was doing. And so there was like a younger kid that came up like him and his, his aunt, and they were just like, they were like, like he's inspired by you. Like, he wants to be just like you and stuff like that. And I was like, whoa, wait, what the heck? <laughs> so I was like, he's like, yeah, he wants to be a symbol player. He wants to do everything. And I was like, that's already big. You want to be a symbol player, bro? Like, heck yeah. Like, that's nobody's first option. So when I heard that, I was like, yo, like, I let him, like, play. 
I let him like crash his demos a little bit with us. Like mm-hmm. at that point, I like I knew like this is bigger than just like myself. It's bigger than yourself. Yeah. Like you know, like your impact. You don't realize your impact until people start showing it. Mm-hmm. People are like, "Yo, like, like no, you really inspired me." I like when I, especially when the video got leaked, I see all these other people releasing their videos. I'm like, "Whoa, like where are all these videos coming from?" <laughs> and it's just like they're just like, "Yo, like we've been." we literally come to the games to watch you and stuff like that. And then you realize like, yo, like, yeah, music really does change lives. Mm -hmm. Like that. And that's what really keeps me going. I'm like, despite all the negativity, Mm -hmm. despite all like my, the backlash that I'm probably going to get in me fighting my, myself, honestly, like I look back at that and like, no, you're doing this for a bigger purpose. You're doing this bigger. It's it's bigger than you. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's all about for me. That's what keeps me from all those negative, negative, um, negative aspects bringing me down. So do you have any like mentors for yourself? Like people you looked up to either as a little kid or even today? For the most part, you know, obviously my family, mm-hmm. they're always going to be my ride or dies. If there is a person that I say, you know what, like he's genuine and he does something, he does things that nobody else would do. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would say, you know, people like LeBron James, obviously, mm-hmm. athlete. I look up to him the most. He's created like brands like Uninterrupted, you know, letting athletes speak on like what they feel. You know, nobody mm-hmm. will tell them, hey, you can't do this. You can't do it. You know, you, you get to speak what you want to speak. Players like Tyler, Tyler Perry as a director, he's done many things with his movies and he's okay with, you know, saying and doing certain things that might make people uncomfortable, but it's going to teach you something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just a lot of other talk show hosts. Like I watch a lot of sports Mm -hmm. and, um, and one of my favorite analysts is Stephen A. Smith because he just pops off all the time. He's always screaming. So like, but he says what's on his mind. Like, yeah, that's what, that's the cool thing about it. Like if you're going to be a hundred percent, you be a hundred percent you. If you want to speak something that's on your mind, obviously do it in a respectful manner, but like do that. Don't, mm-hmm. don't hold back because once you hold back and keep all that info to yourself and like keep all those feelings to yourself, you're yeah. eventually going to grow. And that's like what hits you the most. Like, you, like let it out. So would you say like, or what was the time that you like, you got emotional for like something you watched or maybe a music, like something that you, you felt it, like it, it hit something deeper within you. I would say there was a show that I watched back like my freshman year. It was like a winter percussion show. It's pretty much winter percussion, just to give like a brief background of it. It's basically um, the front ensemble instruments with like, marimbas, xylophones, piano, everything on the front. And then there's percussionists with like bass, snare, quad, cymbals. They're all in the back. They probably have like some visual ensemble and dancer players like on this floor, creative floor. I watched this show when I was younger. It was mm-hmm. like this group called Post Percussion. And I literally like cried watching like how much passion they had. I'm like, whoa, like mm-hmm. if there's something I want, I want that. Like what they were doing right now, I want that. And so I go back to that show sometimes and I'm like, yo, like I watch that live mm-hmm. and like each and every day I want to strive to have that same feeling that those players had when they were out there performing in their show. That's 
killing it, man. <laughs> That's so good. Like, cause there's just something about like when you just, you know, you're just feeling it and you're in it. You just know that like players are just putting all of their soul in it. You know, there's yeah. something about performance and this could be in any domain. You know, when you put someone like out on the big stage or, or they're just, you, they're able to just like show up at a different level and you know it, like, you know, it was only in this special circumstance right now in this moment that they could be playing this way because of, you know, whatever the secret sauce in the room is, right? Like you feel it, especially yeah. in sports. It's, it's such a common thing where you can kind of just tell like both of these teams are like pushing the edge and, you know, you don't know who, like they're both even. And so now they're just kind of trying to figure out who's going to like slip up more than anything else. And that's right. kind of, yeah. that's kind of yeah. what I'm getting out of your, your like way of describing it, at least because of the music. It's, it's like, they're just as close to like perfect flow as someone could get. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's so cool from there I guess do you have any way of because you you really talk about a lot of these different ways of just managing your own one mindset and external expectation and you you don't have this closed off persona in any way do you have any points where you're trying to like work on actively or like you know you need to do some work in this area yeah, absolutely. Just mainly like when to do certain things and when to not do certain things. So sometimes mm -hmm. I'll like prioritize um, things that I don't need to do, but I'll do those things first knowing that the task that I need to get done first, it gets put to the side. Mm. So there have been times like even with my school work, I'm like, all right, let me work on the grand right quick, really mm -hmm. quick. And then I'll go towards that. And I'm like, yo, I already know that I have a homework assignment due tomorrow. Mm -hmm. This can come later. Like, I think my prioritizing is a little mixed up sometimes. So that, that's like one of the big things I really work on. Even like mm -hmm. with practicing, like when I played saxophone in high school, I would always practice the stuff that I knew. Oh, and okay. like, you're never going to grow from that. Like practicing is not fun. I know for me, I hated practicing because you're working on stuff you're not good at. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna get mad. <laughs> you're gonna get upset. <laughs> like you're just gonna be like, "Oh, I'm I'm done with. It. I want to. I don't want to. I don't want to play anymore." Mm -hmm. And so, like, I felt like that was one of those things as well. Like prioritizing even when you practice. Like, all right, I already know this stuff. I'm not gonna grow anymore for practicing stuff that I already know. Let me work on the stuff that I don't know and get that up that way like that benefits you in the long run and that mm -hmm. goes for anything like oh yeah. anywhere you go you want to practice the stuff that you don't know because you're obviously going to know the stuff you know and that's great and all but you want to add more stuff to your arsenal so that's my main thing just prioritizing yeah so do you do you go how do you get new information because you have a lot of different domains like do you have any sources or ways that you absorb new information from like other people or i don't know maybe reading or books Things like that. Personally, so I watch a lot of podcasts as well. I listen okay. to a lot. So when when I got the offer for this, I'm like, heck yeah, I've always <laughs> wanted to be in one. Thumb down. <laughs> um, but I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, Any recommendations for podcasts? I love podcasts too. So. I would say, so I probably listen to the same ones you listen to. There's one guy from my church named Nick Han. His, his, it's called The Table Podcast. Mm-hmm. He, he has a really good one as well, if you want to check that one out. And then there's one called Beware of Bulldogs. It, it pretty much 
highlights all like the Fresno State athletes. Cool. Or like people that made Fresno State the school it is. So they have one as well. So those are the main two that I really lean towards the okay. most. I'll definitely have links for anything and any other things that you would use for information gathering. Just generally for my instructors. I feel like I try to, especially my music instructor, anybody teaching me, mm -hmm. I always want to like, I'm a sponge. So anytime they say something, I want to like, I want to hear it. I'm, I'm going to record what you said. And I'm going to like, like listen to it multiple, multiple times as much as I can to just really work on that. I feel like if, when you're with an instructor, that should be like your best friend almost. Like mm -hmm. you want to get as much information as possible so you can pass it on to someone else. So my instructors is like the big thing for me. Like I want to, I want to do anything and everything I can to learn from them because mm -hmm. that'll benefit me in the long run. Do you have any like a uh, moment maybe in like grade school with like a instructor of yours that really made an impact on you that kind of said, Oh, Maybe I can be whatever it is that they're teaching me in. Yes. Fifth grade, Mr. Ford, Sean Ford. Shout out to him. He, he actually, I know in elementary school, I struggled a lot with like, just like school in general, just like doing my work. And so he was one of the first ones Like everybody was just like, oh, just try your best. Do this, do that. He was the first one like, no, like enough's enough. Like you need to figure out your life now. I don't care if you're in fifth grade or not. You need to figure it out. Like, let's get it together. So when I heard that from him and I'm like, yo, like he's not babying me at all. Like, it's the real deal. Like he's my first teacher. I was like, yo, like he's, he's like, no, I need you. I know that you have a lot of potential, but you're not really pushing it. You should be doing this at a young age. Like you should be doing more. Like you have nothing to work. You like you, you live with your family, you know, you have no reason to be lazy and not doing anything, you know, even at your age at fifth grade. And so when I heard that from him, I was like, yo, like, okay. <laughs> As a fifth grade, I'm like, you know, that was pretty hard, but I mean, it was real. It was so real. And so like he transitioned, like he, he taught at the high school that I graduated from Clovis North. He was a counselor there. Mm. And so I always knew like, if I needed something, I'd go to Mr. Ford. Mr. Ford was always that one and be like, Hey, like, I'm gonna be real with you. Like you need to do this. You need to do that. Mm -hmm. Cause that'll benefit your future. So uh, there's always that. He was always that one that he always like said, try your best, but it was always try your best. But this is, these are the ways that you can do your best. Mm -hmm. So he always gave me a background of what to do. I, I love it when people have teachers like that. Cause it's like, Either you have a bad teacher and they put it in you and then you get the student who says they're bad at math or something like that. Or, yeah. you, or you have the teacher and you have an experience and all of a sudden it's like they unlock a door for you and they, they say, nope, you can actually be this. Or, you know, there's some like it, it's OK that you maybe don't get this right now. And, and right. you know, just giving you the infinite possibility, because that, that's what it feels like for me just talking to you here for the last 45 minutes. It's like you just have this insane ability to just be like the world is just this gem to absorb and learn and, you know, put it out back in the world in some way, you know, it's like you can yeah. take everything in and then put your own little neat twist on it and say, here it is. This is what I came up with. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you try to prop people up around you? Like, do you try to bring people up with what you're doing or like, cause it seems like you're, you're, you're somewhat of a leader with even just in the videos, like you, you have a really positive energy where it feels like people gravitate toward how they, 
like just a positive influence, I guess, is the easiest way of describing it. Yeah, I think personally, yeah, I do. I know a lot of the um, incoming freshmen or anyone that comes in Mm -hmm. that like don't feel like, you know, they're out, like they're not there in the out crowd, you know, they're Mm -hmm. more to themselves. I'm like, no, I'm going to break you by the end of the season. You are (laughs) going to be wild. You're going to be fun. (laughs) You're going to be excited. And nine times out of 10 times out of 10, they are all like that. I just encourage a lot of them, you know, like, like there is nothing wrong with having a little fun, especially mm-hmm. like in college, like you should be excited. Like yeah, you're going to a free football game. You get to play with all your friends around you, pretty much your family. Cause you spent like a quarter of a, of a year with them, mm-hmm. you know, like that's exciting. Like you should live that out and be like, yo, like this is cool. You know? So I try to inspire them as much as I can and just really, really, really cherish the moments you have with pretty much your family here because once the season is over, you know, you know, we're not going to see each other as much. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're going to keep in touch, but, like, you know, you're never, you're never going to get that experience again after you leave college. So you want to make sure that you cherish each moment you have with your friends and family. So that's what I really try to encourage. Just, just stay steadfast and, like, really mm-hmm. – really cherish these moments with your family because that's really going to help you in the long run. That's awesome. So whenever you feel like unfocused or you like, you feel like you're drifting away from like cherishing that moment, what do you do? Um, I talk to my friends, talk to my family. Yeah. That's like the main thing. I'll go straight to like, do you call them? Of my, or, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There have been times when we'll get a call at like one or 2 AM, whether that's me or someone else, but they always answer. Yeah, they always answer. And it's just like, you know, like having that group of friends and family there mm-hmm. is huge. It's crucial to have that because, you know, like whatever you're going through, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You have someone there to like, like, I'm going through the same thing, bro. Let's go. Let's go eat or something. Let's go talk it out. And like we just really grow from that, you know. Yeah. So those are the main things. I just try to try to like not go through these problems by yourself because that's the worst thing you do. That's the worst thing you can do. Where does that vulnerability come from? That's not normal for someone either your age or even for guys in, in general. It's mm-hmm. not normal to share vulnerability, which, you know, it kind of sounds weird yeah. even for me to say it, but I talk about mental health on this podcast all the time. It's really important. I think, well, when I grew up, I used to like really hold everything in. Mm-hmm. Everything I did it too. And- yeah, and, it, and it's hard. Like, you hold, you, like, take everything in. You're like, all right, whatever. Okay, okay, all right, I'll be good. Mm-hmm. And then you get to a breaking point, and you just blow, and everything that comes out is all this pain from over time, and mm-hmm. you're just like, what the heck? Like, yo, like, they, your family looks at you, and they're like, whoa, like, this isn't you. Like, this is stuff that's happened over time. You know, this is stuff that's happened. And I think the best thing you can really do is just really express everything. And I know a lot of guys are just like, no, I'm not going to express my feelings. Yeah. That's dumb. That's stupid. But like, it helps a lot, especially with your mental health, because, you know, and when you're in college and you got stuff you got to do, you're working, you know, <laughs> like, like you got, you have to, yeah, you have man. to talk things out. Like when you hold that stuff in, it destroys you. And that's one more burden you're carrying on your shoulders. Like something you don't need. That's one less problem you need. Like 
get that stuff out. Find somebody and talk with them yeah. just to really break that. And I think that's the main thing that's helped me. I'm like, you know what? Especially with all the stuff that I do now, like, uh-uh. like if I'm going to talk to someone, I'm going to talk to that person as fast as possible mm-hmm. so they can help me and I just get it off my chest. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's, it's just like when you have this like negative emotions and things that just weigh on you, man, it's just like a festering wound. You just kind of collect it and then it just gets worse and worse. And it feels like a, just a narrowing of the world. Like you just get sucked into this negative headspace and everything around you just kind of becomes more or less gray. I mean, if we're we're being a little poetic about it, but it's like the, it's just not a fun headspace to be in for sure. And, and I think, being honest about it is, is really one of the biggest things that we can do and just being like open and be like, yeah, we're not impervious. Like nobody is perfect and nobody is never not going to have a negative thought. Like, sorry, it just doesn't work that way. Like <laughs> it's natural. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's okay to like feel down about yourself or feel just a little blue every so often and be like, Hey, maybe I could use a prop up like someone, you know, you know, the, what's the song lean on me. I remember singing that in like yeah. elementary school. <laughs> like, no, that's real. It's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you believe that you're okay, then you're definitely not okay. That's like <laughs> the big thing. I feel like you were like, oh yeah, I'm always good. Like, I'm good. I have friends like that. They're like, no, I never go. To, I don't have any drama. I'm like, yeah, like you're definitely going through something then. Like, for sure. <laughs> like, yeah, so nobody's perfect. Everybody's going through something. It might yeah. not be on the same level spectrum that maybe this person's going through, but you're glad you're definitely going through something. So mm-hmm. that's, that's huge. Yeah. I normally look at people and like, at least for when it comes to mental health, there's like this, this cool phrase where it's everyone's going through a battle that you know nothing about, you know, and it's a battle in between their ears and, and no matter who you are, we all have something that we're, we're dealing with and we're working through and we, and you know, we wish we could be better about. Right. And, and right. I, and I, I think, that's been one of the big things that I kind of realized growing up and and then starting this podcast is like, I pretended like, you know, I always, we always feel like we're different, right? Cause we all are different to some degree, but it's this negative view of different where it's like, I'm different and no one else is going to be like me. And so I have to, you know, put a lid on it. And, and when you do right. that for too long, then you, you start to view yourself as this fixed static thing and you're never going to find a place and, and like let yourself be, well, yourself. <laughs> and, yeah. And, 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 and then begin a volcano for sure. You're going to mm-hmm. erupt very quickly. Yeah. Like, I think you just got to find an outlet. Like, I think, I don't know, maybe you, you might be a good person to talk, talk about this where it's like, how would you... You know, someone would look at you and send they're like a little shy and they don't know, like the freshman you would describe, right? They, they're, they're a little bit more reserved and they're not as sure about themselves. What would you say to that person who is not as sure about who they are and say, how do I find out like maybe where my, what my thing is, right? Because not everyone's going to have the same thing. Like no, no one's, not everyone's going to be like you and find the symbols, but everyone I think do ha- does have a thing that they're really good at, like their own superpower. Yeah. So, like, what would you say for someone to, like, find their thing? Well, the first thing I really hit home with a lot of people, especially a lot of my friends who who want to be entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. but they don't know what they're really good at. So I tell them, okay, what have you grown up admiring? And so everybody has something, at least one thing they grew up admiring mm-hmm. at a young age. Like, I know for a fact for me, like, I've always wanted to be, like, 
an actor on Disney Channel mm-hmm. or something like that. So <laughs> that was like something I admired. And so it could be something as simple as that. Like, what did you always wanted to do that you never could do? Like, you never thought that you could do. And then I would say, you know what? Like, look into that. See if there's something there you can run with. And like, you know, you know, you never know where it can honestly lead to. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it's something you don't want to do, but maybe you can find something in that that'll lead you towards the next thing and the next thing. And like, I feel like at that point, you're finding things that really match you. Mm-hmm. And so you always go, you, you always go through that trial and error. Like, you're never going to find that one perfect thing sometimes, but there's always going to be like multiple times to find out, all right, like, all right, maybe that wasn't the thing that I was into, but there's another step that I saw in there that led me to another thing that helped me go into <laughs> the, the route that I wanted to get. Yeah. So, like, there's always something like that leads you towards the next thing. So, I yeah. always encourage, like, you know what, like, Find something that you like or that you used to like or whatever and see what you can like pinpoint like on that timeline and just like really run with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It feels like a discovery process in many ways. Like sometimes you just kind of latch onto something or like a friend says something to you or I don't know, like just there's these little moments that you don't realize are like impactful or big until you start reflecting on it. Like, a lot of my writing on the, on the website for me is like reflecting on who, who I've become. And, and in many ways, I was that person that you're talking about. I was this guy who had viewed myself in certain ways and very closed mindset and said, eh, I'm not that kind of guy. And in particular, there was athletics. I always viewed myself as the self-proclaimed nerd and I could never be athletic. And, and then somehow my friend had planted the seed that instead of saying like, you should work out, like a lot of people say, all he told me was, Hey, I, I started working out. It's been a lot of fun. You might like it too. That's all he told me. Yeah. And then not only not like six months later, I like was, I wound up signing up for the gym and it changed my entire trajectory. Like I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I hadn't like started working out like legitimately. Mm-hmm. And it's the craziest thing ever. Like if you, you know, sometimes you just got to give yourself a reason to try something and then you'll figure out along the way, like, Oh Wow. Maybe I do have what it takes to do this. <laughs> right. It's all about it's all about trying. Exactly. Like you find something like 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 your like the gym um mm-hmm. gym that you just brought up. Like yeah. you try that and that honestly like, all right, I'm gonna try more things. Yeah. All right, let me try a podcast. Let me mm-hmm. try to run with that. It's always it's all about trying that discovery process you brought up. Like yeah. it's all about trying little things that could work for you that you don't know yet, yep. but it can open up other things, other pathways that that'll really help you grow. Yeah. I mean, it, I guess right now I'm just kind of thinking about it. Like if you want to do like a vision, like a, a little visualization experiment, if you think about it, if you hadn't tried, say you just say, no, I can't do that. Right. So that's a door you closed for yourself without even, even attempting to turn the knob. But if you go into an event and say, I'm just going to at least try, that means you at least crack the door open. And then you get to see kind of like all these other, like, you know, however many doorways open because you said, oh, maybe I could do this. Because even if you like that door wasn't the right one, you still walk through that door and you have something else on the other side. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. 
I just thought about that right now. I never thought about it that way, but I think that's a really <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy because like you know, once you try more, you're gonna want to try more things. Yeah. And that's why I think that's what the big thing for me is like just like trying everything mm-hmm. and then see what 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 it happens with it. Like honestly, like I I know for a fact I probably will never go back in music production again. Like I hated that really <laughs> like it was it was all bad for me. I don't understand. Like I thought I was like I wanted to be like the biggest producer ever in in high school. But then I realized after the fact, I'm like, no, nah, I don't think I'm cut off for this right now. So <laughs> I found something. I tried something else and it helped out, you know? So, Dude, that's awesome, man. And we're almost at an hour already. This is probably like the fastest hour in the history of my podcast I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. This is crazy. And I, I, I've been ending this since this is the end of the year. We're, we're right in the middle of December. I've been thinking about this question and this comes from positive psychology. I don't know if you've heard of this, but the domain of positive psychology, but I'm really into it. But there's this question I've been asking a lot of my guests that I've been recording stuff at the end of the year here, which is what went well in 2019 for you. And that's, it could be personal. It could be professional. Like you have a lot of things going on, but nothing, I don't want it to be around this like event that's happening because it's organic, but just like if you reflect on the year right now, what are you surprised about and do you, like momentum you want to carry into 2020? That I've realized with myself, especially this year that I am good enough. I grew up, especially, you know, at the beginning of January, December, December of 2018 going into January, 2019, it was, it was tough for me. You mm-hmm. know, I was going through a lot during that time, you know, I had some things going on with myself thinking, you know, am I good enough? Like, is this like, am I ever going to win? You know? And I really had to grow and figure out like, you know, like you, you are good enough. Like you, you are special. Like you are unique. And like, I feel like everybody like should know that like people say they're always not good enough. That's not the case. Like, Maybe you haven't gotten to the place you need to get to. Mm-hmm. Maybe you haven't really opened the door or a path or found a pathway that you want to go down towards. And like, once you do, like, it just opens up a new world for you. And I feel like at that point you realize, you know, like, no, I am good enough. I am. I can do everything I want to do. I, if I want, if I put my mind to it, I can do anything I want to do and no one can tell me anything different. So I think that's the main thing that hit with me in 2019. Like you are good enough and no one else can tell you that you're not. Killing it, man. You're doing Thank things. You. Yeah. You're killing yeah. it. This is, uh, I got goosebumps right there. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. <laughs> uh, like it's so, I just love doing this stuff where people are just so fired up and it makes me all fired up about the things that I'm doing. It is so freaking awesome. And I am humbled and it's honored. It's so surreal, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool, man. You're you're going places and I'm excited to see where you go. So where can people connect with you on the internet? So you can contact me on Facebook or no, Instagram and uh, Twitter at uh, mm-hmm. T-Bugs, T-B-O-O-G-S-S, and or Facebook on Travis, at Travis Isaiah Morris. Those are the main things I usually answer on. But yeah, like, those are the, you can contact me anytime, you know, 
I'm a I'm a free person. You know, <laughs> I message anybody that messages me. I always message them back. As, yeah, as fast as I can. I'm usually like really busy. Yeah, but when I can, I'm like, all right, let me go message them really quick. Cool, man. But yeah, well, we'll have links in the show notes and everything like that. So we'll we'll have everything out there and people connect with you. Awesome. Thanks, man. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This Boom. is cool. I want to take a quick second and talk about how you can support our show. I believe this is the most honest way that I can connect with you, the listener, and put it in front of everyone. You can support our show for as little as 99 cents a month. We release four podcasts a month, all at an average length of about an hour. That means you are supporting us at just 25 cents an hour. That's a, that's cheaper than the dollar menu. I think it's safe to say that we provide more value than that. And if you learn anything from our content, please consider becoming a supporter today with the link in the description of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening and please enjoy the show. You just listened to an episode of Feeding Curiosity. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, subscribe, go check out the website over at feedingcuriosity.net and all the other things that we're doing there. And once again, thank you all for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.